So it's important to understand that this could include when they're trying to cope, especially in our preteens and our teens. It could be substance abuse. It could be the self-harming. And it could be engaging in risky behaviors as a way to cope with stress or trauma, which ends up causing... This is Parent Them Successful with author and licensed educational psychologist, Jessica Shields. Your child no longer has to struggle. On this parenting podcast, we unravel the complexities of the education system, give insight into intervention services, and offer encouragement and tools alongside your parenting journey. It's time for your child to thrive. Welcome your host, LEP educator and mom of four, Jessica Shields. Hello, Parent Warrior, and welcome to the Parent Them Successful podcast. I am just so glad you are tuning in because guess what? Today is the last part of our five-part series on managing problem behavior. So again, you might be wondering why your child is acting out. And there are five reasons that that could be the case. So Thinking about what we talked about in part one, you know, we talked about the communication challenges that could be behind your child's behavior. Part two, we talked about the environmental influences that could be a possibility as to why you're seeing some interesting behaviors. Then in part three, we went on to talk about it could be neurodevelopmental. So there are factors that play a part in behaviors that we see in our children who are neurotypical uh, or neurodiverse, I should say. And of course, it could be what we talked about in part four, where we explore the social and emotional learning gaps. Maybe it's a skill gap that needs to be taught. And of course, today, part five, we are talking about trauma and what we also term as adverse childhood experiences. So that could be an issue that is coming to the surface for a child who has certain types of experiences. And this episode is going to really be dedicated to give you some practical trauma-informed strategies that will help you if this is the case. Sometimes I encounter adults who are caring, whether it's in foster care or you're caring for a loved one's child who has experienced trauma, definitely you want to stick around to hear some information that is going to be supportive. So make sure you stay till the end, listen in, because I'm also going to be sharing this week's parenting challenge and your loving reminder. So you know, you don't want to miss it. But first and most importantly, I want to answer a question. A lot of people ask me, you know, what are adverse childhood experiences? We also call these ACEs. So I want to explain that so you understand when you hear adverse childhood experience or ACE or ACEs, uh, we are talking about traumatic events that happened during childhood. So basically, ACEs are traumatic events that occur during childhood, such as physical or emotional abuse. It could be neglect, household dysfunction, or even witnessing violence. Now, these concepts of 
uh, ACEs, if you will, originated from a landmark study conducted by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, also known as the CDC. We know who that is. And Kaiser Permanente, and this was in the 1990s. And they found a strong correlation between childhood trauma and negative health outcomes later in life, including the physical and mental health issues, including substance abuse and social problems. Now, identifying and addressing ACEs is very crucial for promoting healthy development and well-being in all individuals across your entire lifespan. So those who have a high ACE score, and we'll talk about that, have a likelihood or a higher likelihood of having health issues as adults. So there is a strong correlation. Now, I do want to let you know that these ACEs can have a significant impact on a child's behavior in so many ways. So I do want to share a few of those with you today. Now, the first one I want to talk about, you've heard me talk about before, emotional regulation. I've had guests on this show to talk about this in detail, and you can go back and listen to some of those episodes, but emotional regulation, this is where children who have experienced these ACEs, they struggle with regulating their emotions. Their emotions are all over the place. They might have uh, a displayed heightened level of anger or anxiety or depression, and they may have a lot of difficulty managing these emotions effectively. They haven't been taught. They've been through a lot for their young age, right? They've They've seen more than many adults have seen a lot of the times. Another thing that we want to consider is attachment issues. ACEs can disrupt the formation of secure attachments with caregivers. And it really does lead to a lot of difficulties in forming trusting relationships. And again, it may result in issues with what we call attachment disorders, or just in general, difficulty in forming healthy relationships later in life. You think about dating, you think about marriage, you think about raising children. And if an adult has a hard time attaching, then they may have a hard time attaching to their own children, which can also create another generation of individuals who have a hard time attaching. So attaching is just, again, forming that strong bond. If you think of when a baby is born, what is the first thing that happens? They are put up against the mother to feel that warmth, to make that attachment, to make those connections in the brain. And then we talk about major behavioral problems. So children who have experienced a lot of ACEs may exhibit a range of behavioral problems such as aggression, defiance, impulsivity, or even withdrawal. So it can be internalizing behaviors. And these behaviors can manifest both at home and in the school setting. So if you think about it, if the teacher is always calling home about your child or the child in your care, then, and you're seeing some of the same behaviors at home, then you know this may be directly linked to the trauma they experience. Now, coping mechanisms is another aspect I want to talk about. Some children just may develop 
maladaptive coping mechanisms in response to their ACEs. They don't know how to cope with seeing abuse in the home. They don't know how to cope with being afraid that something bad is going to happen to their parent by maybe even another parent. So it's important to understand that this could include when they're trying to cope, especially in our preteens and our teens, it could be substance abuse. It could be the self-harming and it could be engaging in risky behaviors as a way to cope with stress or trauma, which ends up causing even more problems down the line. So it doesn't help them. It actually hurts them in the way that they're coping and it creates even more problems that they have to deal with. And with these children with high ACEs, we may also see those academic challenges you're hearing at the parent-teacher conference. Yes, this child is struggling. They're behind. They're way behind. And we're going to talk about that. But ACEs do interfere with a child's ability to focus, to learn, to succeed academically. And they may have difficulty concentrating in class. They might have a hard time completing assignments or engaging in school activities because their emotional and psychological experiences are taking a toll on their life. And we have to remember that and not expect them to just bounce back right away. It takes time. Now, another part that we really need to think about, and maybe we don't often think about this, is their social skills. You know, if they have experienced great trauma, then they may struggle with social skills like communication, empathy, right? And even conflict resolution. They have not seen what this looks like in an appropriate setting. And they may have a difficulty understanding those social cues and even forming meaningful connections with peers, going back to kind of attachment issues, right? So social skills might be lacking here. And of course, the last thing I want to talk about is more on the risk-taking behavior side. So again, we see children with hiaces often uh, engage in risky behaviors. This is a way for them to escape or cope with the effects of what they have experienced. And this could, again, include that substance abuse. And if they're driving or not supposed to be driving, but they're driving anyway, I've seen that reckless driving or even involvement in criminal activities. So we really want to take these into consideration and understand how they play out in a child's life because it is so important to note that the impact of ACEs definitely can vary depending on factors such as the severity and the duration of the trauma. The child's resilience is a key piece to this too and the availability of you, supportive relationships and things that are helpful for you to help that child get through this situation, such as all of the resources that are involved. Now, early intervention and supports are definitely crucial in helping children overcome these effects of ACEs. And we have to remember to also promote positive development. Now, I want to say as you're caring for a child who may have been in a traumatic situation, just keep in mind that some of their trauma may bring up some unresolved issues in your life as well. So being mindful of that, make sure that you understand your ACE score. And I want to talk about that. You know, 
there is actually a quiz where you can find out where you fall in the adverse childhood experiences continuum. Take the test and learn more about your own situation. The American Society for the Positive Care of Children has a quiz on their website and it's easy to use and it is a great tool to kind of see where you are. And of course, in the show notes, I'll have that link available to you. Now, in my line of work, I come across many children who have high A scores and the schools do what they can to support. But it really does take a village mentality to get these children the support they need and deserve. And I want to say that trauma does not equal a child needing special education. It does not. Trauma equals a child needing therapy and skill building. We need to start there. So if we are first and foremost dealing with the child's social and emotional well-being, then that is a good place to start. Listen, I have evaluated many children in foster care for special education, and they simply did not meet the criteria to be labeled as disabled. And this is in most of the cases that I have. Not all, there are some nuances that are to be considered, but for the most part, a lot of these children are definitely behind academically, but it is amazing how their brains work, their cognition and their intelligence. In my cases that I've seen are often in average or even above average range. That means they have the capacity to learn, but their circumstances created a gap in their educational experience. That is not special education. That is a child who has experienced trauma and needs some support. Now, think about it. Maybe for a second grader, okay, it was that year of kindergarten where they didn't go to school because they moved around a lot because maybe they were up for eviction and the parent was struggling to find a stable shelter. I've seen that. That impacts early literacy skills that they do not get. So they may be in second grade, not reading. It's not because they are disabled. It's because they didn't have an opportunity. And think about the fifth grader who doesn't have ADHD, but is very distracted because he knows when he gets home, he will be beat and sexually abused that night. Think about how hard it is for that kid to go into the classroom and focus on a lesson in order to learn, that is not a disability. That is a situation that we have to help that child get out of. So these are real stories. And again, let's deal with the psychological safety and social emotional well-being first. So that's just a reminder. Now for the loving, supportive, and caring adults in the lives of children who have suffered traumatic events, Managing their behavior problem does require a comprehensive and tailored approach that addresses both the underlying trauma and the resulting behavioral manifestations. So I want to share with you some strategies. These are real strategies, evidence-based. Use them if this is your situation or if you know someone. So the first thing is you're going to use trauma-informed care. Just adopting a trauma-informed care approach involves understanding the 
impact of trauma on that child's development and behavior. It involves creating a safe, supportive, and predictable environment that prioritizes that trust. It prioritizes empathy and collaboration with others who can support. Also, when we're talking about therapeutic interventions, because therapy should be in the picture, right? Therapy, like a cognitive behavioral therapy approach, CBT. It could be play therapy or trauma-focused therapy. These things can help children process their experiences, regulate their emotions, and develop healthy, positive coping skills, not ones that are going to harm them. Also, you wouldn't want to talk more about that social and emotional learning, SEL. We have to make sure we're implementing those programs in schools and communities, but also in the home, practicing what they're learning at school if they have an SEL program, teaching these children skills such as self-awareness, self-regulation, again, empathy, and relationship building. This can help them navigate their emotions, label their emotions and interactions in a very healthy way, knowing how to deal with your pain without causing yourself more pain, like we see in cutting, for example, self-harming behaviors. Also, positive reinforcement really does work. Using positive reinforcement techniques to encourage and to reinforce desired behaviors are very effective. We're talking about praise, rewards, acknowledgement of their efforts. These can motivate them and boost their self-confidence. And this is what they need. A lot of times they feel like they're not good enough. They're not strong enough. They're weak. They're dumb. They're stupid. They're ugly, whatever. They're, they have all these negative thoughts and we have to build them up. Consistency and predictability is so important as well because we want to make sure that we have, first of all, clear and consistent rules, right? Routines, expectations. We got to provide the structure so that everything can be predictable because they've come from some some situation that has been very unpredictable and scary. And when we have those structures, it helps them feel safe and secure. Also, look at making sure that they have lots of supportive relationships. So build strong, supportive relationships with the teachers, making sure that you are connecting with other adults in their life that can be trusted because a trusting relationship is so important. It can definitely serve as a buffer against the effects of trauma and provide that sense of safety and stability that they need. Empowerment and choice is the next one. We want to offer these children opportunities for autonomy, for making decisions within very safe boundaries, because we're empowering them to make choices that can help them regain that sense of control over their own lives. Now, also something for people who are working with families and for families who are looking for those to support them, there should be a collaboration. The families and those that are in the care plan, or I would say your the child's care team, should all be on the same page with supporting what that child needs, looking at the child's strengths, 
understanding the challenges and working together to come up with a plan to help manage any behaviors that might manifest because of their past circumstances. Also, this might be so obvious, but address their basic needs. Make sure they have their basic needs met. They have enough food to eat. They have a warm place to be. They have health care, please. That is so important to make sure they're seeing their doctor regularly, their dentist regularly, to make sure they're up to par with their health, their physical health. And just addressing their fundamental needs is creating that foundation of healing and stability. And then, of course, self-care for you. You are giving all your all into this child. They need a lot of your emotional support. So you need to make sure that you're taking care of your emotional self and making sure that you have your own support networks. Take care of yourself. Take care of all of those who are in your circle and make sure you're being taken care of too. So this is definitely going to help with helping you support your child's recovery. Now, when supporting children who act out as a result of a traumatic experience, you want to approach the behavior management with patience. Make sure you have empathy and a long-term perspective because it's going to take time. Recognize that healing from trauma is gradual and it is a process and it's something that you're going to have to be very invested in. It's ongoing and you're going to have to continue to support them and provide them with intervention. So that is going to be key. So by now, I really do hope that you're feeling more confident in supporting a child who is acting out due to traumatic experiences. With that, I want to challenge you. I want you to think about how you can create that psychologically safe space for the child in your life. And think about that loved one who has come to you as a refuge, right? And as a loving reminder, just make sure that you understand that to be resilient, All a child needs is at least one caring adult in their life that supports them. That's it. Be that one. Well, I surely hope that this episode has blessed you. And if it has, hit that follow or subscribe button so that you don't miss any new episodes. And as you think about that loved one who really needs to hear this, share the link parentthemsuccessful.com because it can make a huge impact in their parenting journey. If you are the type of parent who is serious about better supporting your child's growth and development, join my email list for more free content at strongermindsstrongeryouth.com forward slash join the list. And all the links mentioned today will be in the show notes. Hey, I really do appreciate you and I thank you so much for listening. So until next time, be blessed and love on your children. Thank you for listening to the Parent Them Successful with licensed educational psychologist, Jessica Shields. We're so glad you've joined us and would love to connect with you outside of the show. To find more information about our services, the Empower House Academy, or to take our quiz, What's Your Parenting Style? Go to StrongerMindStrongerYouth.com. Feel free to email us directly at info at StrongerMindStrongerYouth.com. We'd love to hear from you. Other ways to stay connected are on Instagram and Facebook by searching Stronger Mind, Stronger Youth and on Twitter at official underscore SMSY. 
Until next time, be well and love your children, for they are a gift from the Lord.